0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Brady in the news about jerseys, but maybe more importantly, the Tampa Bay Bucks are now at the Sharper Sportsbooks, co-favorites to win it with Kansas City. There's been a lot of Tampa Bay money. We've looked at it. They're going to be favored most likely in at least 16 of the 17 games. Amazing for Tampa Bay. The suns keep blazing. That's helping us with our bet, but maybe we didn't see as clearly the Clippers won two in a game they should have lost. We'll keep you updated on the race for the Pacific and. Our bet, and then tonight, AD is back. He's worth about four points to the line right now for the Lakers in the game tonight. Lakers three-point underdogs at Dallas versus Luca. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I, the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Thursday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. And this is one of those days that you have some discretion as a host. Jonas and I, and the question is, what are we going to talk about? Well, we know it's always going to be Vegas perspective, but I believe one of the real questions about who's favored to win the Super Bowl this year, who's supposed to win... I think it's pretty amazing that almost every piece of news has been so positive for Tampa since they won and still at a lot of books, they're not the favorite. And, we're going to get into that. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe L.A., Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day when we are officially a week away from the first round of the NFL draft, we've got a doubleheader in the NBA on TNT coming up later on. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday?
0: Well, listen, Colin Cowherd has been a big supporter of mine. And if he taught me one thing... It's when LeBron's in the news, you start there. But if Tom Brady's in the news, you start there. So I think we start with Tom Brady, and he's in the news. And I think what we do specifically is talk about the rules change that he's addressing or talking about. And then we'll segue into who's really favored to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's right. Tom Brady, the Buccaneers quarterback, was not happy about the new jersey number rule. They have relaxed the jersey number restrictions for this upcoming season. Defenders can wear single-digit jerseys if if they so choose and so on and so forth. And Tom Brady was not happy about it because he pointed out, good luck trying to block the right people on an Instagram story. It's going to make for a lot of bad football. He then went on later on to call the rule change dumb. So the uh, Buccaneers quarterback and multiple-time Super Bowl champion, not happy about the NFL's decision.
0: Okay, so a couple thoughts. Let's get to the rules first. got to be honest with you. This caused me a little uh, I won't say trauma, but maybe almost being triggered to use the, the the words of the day. Because I don't know about you, Jonas, but I think there's two types of people in the world. In, you know, Let's say two types of people in the United States. The type that when they're in gym or whatever in high school, if and if this is for guys, is so two types of guys I guess, is when they said shirts and skins to play the game. There's the there's the types that are like anxious to get their shirts off, and the guys that don't want that they're just thinking, oh, I want to be shirts. Please don't make me be skins. <laughs> so I, the question, if you really think about it. You could divide this country and the guys in it up into those categories, either the skins guys or the shirts guys. And I think it might be the greatest divider we could have that (laughs) that if we knew that about the people and to some degree you kind of do. It tells you a lot about them. What do you think of that?
1: No, I 100% agree. There, now, were some you a shirts g-
0: guy or a skin guy?
1: I was a shirts guy.
0: I don't yeah. know. you got a pretty lean physique no, as far I, as I can no, see. I, I, uh, it's,
1: that's, it's just weird. The whole, you know, playing without a shirt. Like I I would feel like I was going to get clawed or scratched up or something. I'm, I'm not going to lose uh, a nipple in the course ah, of, the of a
0: pickup the, basketball game. You're <laughs> actually the most dangerous kind of guy. You're the guy that could have easily been a skins guy, but you were too sensitive. <laughs> and those are the the guys that just kill it. So right, c- right. congratulations there, by the way. Now, McKenzie, we know shirts. He was two shirts. He, w- he was over for two. Is that right, McKenzie? Even at the beach. <laughs> you know, like the, the the one underneath, it's like the Under Armour layer, you know, then the sh- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Brady was, I don't know, when he got drafted, he might have been a shirts guy. But at this point, and I guess here's the question. Do you believe – because you're, you're an open-minded guy, Jonas, but you're also – you hate – you kind of point at hypocrisy or BS and you kind of or scoff at it. This feels like Brady's got nothing to gain from it uh, other than he genuinely believes it to be true. And just like Belichick with coaching, if, if Brady's talking about how to quarterback in the NFL – I'm gonna trust that he's correct about it. Does this feel legitimate a legitimate complaint to you, or does it feel like there's some agenda otherwise?
1: Yeah, I tried to think what the agenda could possibly be, and the only thing I could come up with is that Brady didn't want all of a sudden a bunch of new jersey numbers out there, and therefore he falls down the list of most popular jersey just based on the jersey change. That, that's, oh, that's that, that that's is.
0: Yeah, but if someone if someone needs this to. Sell jerseys, it means they're not gonna sell a lot of jerseys, right?
1: Yeah. So so that would that would be my if I was gonna play conspiracy theories, that would be the only one I would go with. No, this I, I didn't even think about this because when this rule was proposed, it came out about a week or so ago I never thought about it from the eyes of, well, wow, that's going to be kind of a, a confusing for a quarterback trying to decipher who's who when linebackers can now wear this, and then they can wear these different jersey numbers. But that just tells me Brady's on a different level when it comes to how he sees the game, thinks about the game, and reads the game, that he would be bothered by, by this because it does feel legitimate.
0: If you really think about it, and, and I always use Jeopardy as the example, right, is if you watch Jeopardy, The number of people who are hitting the button to say, I want to answer, they almost all hit it every time. And when we're sitting at home, we're thinking if we can get the answer by the time they're halfway through their answer, we think we got it right. Like we got that one. (laughs) Right. And it's so much harder. I think football is like that in that. Uh, we don't have half of an idea about some of the stuff that really is troublesome to them that, that we don't even see. Uh, meaning the ability to be an NFL quarterback. Because think about it: there's guys at the college level, and if you've been around any kind of D1 athletes in football, they're they're equally, maybe not as big, but almost as big as the NFL. Usually the NFL, they're fast too. You know, there's other things, but it's not easy to like a normal person cannot walk into Division One and, and play quarterback. But amongst all of them, only a tiny percentage are able to be even competent in the NFL. So think about some of these backups. A backup quarterback that's middle of the road is about the 45th best quarterback on earth, right? There's 32 or so. Now you go to the next 30 some. Now, maybe there's a few college guys better than them, but they're certainly one of the top 50 on earth, a middle of the road backup. They get in and the game just stops. I mean, think about Dominic DiNucci and like, how it's like hard right. to watch. And it's like that's the 50th best p- person in the world at this. Yeah. So they got problems we don't even understand. And one of them, we should start by respecting it, right, to me, unless we can see the agenda. Uh, also, what strikes me is how Belichick and so much of their brilliance – isn't some genius thing that's so complicated. It's about finding ways to simply do okay things that other people are confused by. And remember the Baltimore playoff game when they yep. came out and did that trick where they had yep. people like they understood there was a flaw in the rules, but they, they waited to take advantage of it. So I think it all fits into this and it also fits into the brilliance of and maybe when it comes down to it, 50 years from now, when they're talking about Belichick, I'll be gone. You'll probably still be drinking water and, you know, <laughs> but but 50 years from now, they might be talking. Uh, maybe we'll say 35 and I'll be here. 35 years from now, they'll be talking about the Seattle decision not to call the timeout. And late in the game and then Russell through the interception. If you listen to the NFL Films version of that, I'm sure you've seen it, Jonas, is yeah. – He's saying, hold on a second, hold on a second. He's watching them to see how frazzled they are. And and, and then when – I don't remember the exact words, but then when he saw they were, he goes, all right, let's let it run or whatever. And that took guts because if he had lost that, I mean, they would have been killing him for that decision. And to me, it's back to the idea that – uh, the You know, there's the old saying about the fog of war. Now, obviously, war is a whole different thing. But it's the idea that once or Mike Tyson, once the first punch is thrown, the plans go out the window. It feels like Brady and Belichick understand the way to think about the game is to find a way to not have to think when you can't think. And if that makes any sense, because yeah. there is the fog of that and this feels tied to that.
1: Yeah, well, it's like uh, the Belichick who identified that he wanted a left-footed punter Mm. because the trajectory, the ball came off the foot differently and it was harder to field for the punt returner. Like nobody nobody would ever think like that. They would never think in those terms. And so when I saw this and I saw Brady's reaction – I think that was a little bit of Belichick that was rubbing off on him. And maybe that's well, yeah. why those guys got along so well and, and they worked so well together because they just identified small little advantages that they could have that could impact their games later on.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. That's Jonas Knox. Now, One other thing that fits in with the whole idea of trying to simplify the game, I I think it was that Baltimore Ravens playoff game that they might have lost, or it was one of those in which, uh, in fact, now I think about it, it was. was, uh, But uh, maybe the Jets had beat him, and that's when Pittsburgh won in 2010 to go play Green Bay. But is Patrick Chung called a fake punt, and it just was another play that went against New England that day, And they asked after, and Belichick said, well, that was actually Patrick Chung's call. And it was like they had a certain scenario, if there were so many people here or here, that it's almost an automatic if he decides it. So it was like he could say no, but it was generally automatic. And it was like thinking, wait a minute, that big decision, the genius coach Belichick didn't decide? And what Belichick understands better than me or better than anyone is – If I try to dictate and control that stuff, it's not going to ever work. And that's we got to put a system in place that's simple enough that a smart player like Chung can do that. And it just strikes me again that smart people usually get more involved in things. Think about what um, with with, uh, Jared Goff. And the idea for McVeigh that he was talking in his ear till 10 seconds or whatever, and it might have been 15 seconds, and then the defenses heard about that and they stopped. They started masking stuff up till right. 15, and it's like that was it was a very natural inclination for a brilliant guy, McVeigh, to want to involve himself and use his brain to help, but. In football, the beauty of it is it doesn't always work that way, and thus teaching simple is the real genius. And yeah. it does really fit with all of that. Any any closing thoughts on this specifically? Then we'll get to the the Bucks.
1: Yeah. Well, I just as far as Belichick goes, the one thing that that I've always heard about him from anybody that's played for him or coached for him is he's not married to his ideas. If you have a better idea that he thinks would work better he's open to it. He's he's welcome to the idea. It's not one of these this is my way or the highway type approach. And I think a lot of people get that confused to where you've seen, there's been footage where him and Brady are sitting down and they're breaking down the Baltimore defense and what Ed Reed does, and Belichick has an idea for how to attack it, and then Tom Brady throws out a different idea. Belichick chooses that one instead because it's a better idea. So it's just, it, it's the whole idea of not being married to or too stubborn to try and evolve when something else Comes along, and I think that's why guys like and we've talked about it. Nick Saban has won, has has adapted uh, when it came to college football on the offenses. Belichick has adapted when it come to when it came to the NFL, and I think those guys just continue to have success.
0: And last word on this is if you think about what makes a genius a genius, or let's a genius is a strong word. So let's say a a brilliant person, brilliant is. It's an aggregation. It's it's a summing of a lot of influences. And what's amazing to think about is that there are PhD students today, meaning they're not they don't even have their PhD yet, that know more science than Einstein did. It's not that they were smarter than Einstein. It's that that. Uh, the evolution of scholarship in science has advanced so much that you can stand on the shoulders of those that came before you and get higher in some ways than Einstein, even if you were not even close to his intelligence. And isn't that the case in any field that, that football or think of the NBA? We all laugh now and say uh, pace and space. Can you believe how bad it was in the 90s? except the greatest minds in basketball were trying to figure it all out, Popovich, whoever, Riley, and that's what they came up with. And then once it was shown that there's a better way, then everyone adopts that. And I think that's just an example of it, that Belichick, he's hes only an aggregation of all his experiences. And yeah. the fact that he's had so many of them, that he was interested, his dad was a was a scout and he used to watch film with his dad Belichick did Steve Belichick was his name there's a book of scouting he wrote that's on Amazon that you can get and it was all of that time and then thus if Brady's there and adds another thought Belichick's going to consider that it seems just like he did every other experience he's had he's just better at aggregating them, or at least he has more of those experiences in a way. And that's why to me, the great lament in any field is when someone retires early, that's really good at it because you don't have the chance to aggregate all that. Like a Dick Vermeil was a great coach, you know, brought Philadelphia to the Super Bowl in, I think, 1980 and uh, would have been Super Bowl 15. And then he had the burnout and he did Then he quit. Then he came back. And, and, or John Madden, even as great as he was as an announcer. I think he was 45 when he quit coaching. Yeah. And it's like, how great would Madden have been at 75 if he was coaching? And Belichick is the one guy. He started in like 1976. He was on the Lions staff. Think about, it's been 45 freaking years that he's been on staffs that entire time, and thus one day he's going to be gone or you know, from coaching, and we're never going to... I don't think we ever see someone like that again, just because no one seems to do things as long as the old-timers did. Maybe that will change, but if McVay's coaching when he's 72, let's say, maybe McVay gets there, or maybe Shanahan gets there, because he was there with his dad at the start, but these guys don't tend to coach that long. And maybe we're seeing the last of it with Belichick. All right. So let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, we talked about Belichick, talked about Brady, talked about these rules. Now it does segue into Tampa Bay because, to me, one of the real questions of this entire offseason has been, Tampa seems to be getting better and better, but Kansas City is still favored to win the Super Bowl? Well, starting now, starting recently, that's no longer the case. We'll get into it.
1: And he's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree
0: with an event I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a look at a change for the Super Bowl odds in the upcoming NFL season.
0: So, Jonas, when you were growing up, did any of your friends, dads, were they like big-time drinkers?
1: Yeah, there was one in particular I could think of.
0: Okay. Yeah. Actually, and the- two.
1: Not two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that tells you something about Jonas's yeah. life. Is, And do you ever have a situation where they'd be like, oh, yeah, let's not go to my house. My dad's drinking bourbon tonight. Like, there'd be some drink he was drinking that if he was, it was a better chance that he was going to be causing trouble. You know, like yeah. – if- yeah,
1: there was after a high school football game. I went over to uh, uh, my buddy's house, and he had had a really good game. And uh, we went over there, and the dad was all tuned up, having a good time, and he mooned me. Uh, <laughs> and his, his his wife got pissed, and then uh, that put an end to that pretty quick. So, so it'd
0: be like, it'd be like, you know, hey, don't go over there. He's yeah. drinking Boone's Farm tonight. Well, <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of yeah. like that with me. Is right now I'm starting a. Full sugar Mountain Dew. Now, if I have even a Coke Zero, it picks me up for the show and everything. But when I have a full sugar Mountain Dew, it's a whole different thing. <laughs> so it's a great day to join. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver for you. And you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 80 degrees, the neon is pumping.
1: So, RJ, Tom Brady may not be happy about the new relaxing of the jersey number rules in the NFL and what it will mean to defenses and what he will be looking at coming up on Sundays in the upcoming season, but he can be happy about the fact that they are defending Super Bowl champions, which brings up the question, what are the odds for next season?
0: Yeah, because as a Vegas guy there's different kinds of Vegas guys. There's the guys that are super sharp, and they understand the nuances that even a normal better doesn't. So if they play a zone with this guy out in the third quarter, they're going to be in trouble because of the rotations, you know, that kind of stuff. Those guys are super valuable. They don't necessarily do great radio, but if you're trying to win, they're super valuable. Now there's the other kind of guys and there's, there's a big group. There's more than just two groups. But another group is the guys that understand the way the average better bets and exploits that. And if you like that sp- approach, you usually are an NFL better because the public has more say. They dictate the NFL lines more because there's just more of the public that bets the NFL. And the bigger percentage of the overall handle that's from the public, the more that you can fade that and win. And I'm an NFL specialist. And a big chunk of what I do, it's not that I understand the tight ends and all that. I understand the public. And I know when to fade them. And it's a strong suit. And I'm shocked, as a specialist in that area, that Kansas City is still favored to win the Super Bowl over Tampa in most spots. If you think about it, it's the perfect storm. And let me ask you if you agree with this. It's the perfect storm of... You have the GOAT. And I've never remembered a time, and I've been watching the NFL since 1980 when I was 10, I've never remembered a time that it was so clear who the best quarterback of all time was. Maybe maybe Joe Montana at at the end, you could say that that he had, but John Elway was it was close. And Marino, it was always like Marino didn't do, uh, you know, win as much, but he was the most talented. Like there was all that. And then as years have gone by, there's been the other people got involved. I mean, right now, does anyone debate that it's Brady? It's not even a debate, Right.
1: No, I don't. I don't think. Well, I mean, anybody that's you know, yeah, using same. logic, yeah. I mean, it's it. It, I, it feels like it was pretty much a done deal after they beat the Falcons and that come from that come back. Yeah, three. yeah. And, and then you add then the Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. And the Tampa one being so yes. you know prominent, and so you got that guy still quarterbacking. And you have the defending champions that's always going to get money, right? Because we just saw them win. And the fact that they're, we're hearing, run it back. They've got everyone back, which is true, right? So it's like if there's ever a time that there'd be like this groundswell of support, it's going to be this year's Tampa team has all of the elements to have massive public support. On the other hand, you got Kansas City. A team you could make the case has fallen short in the biggest games, meaning there was the D Ford's offside game that they could have won, they didn't. Brady beat them, and then it was like, okay, they won the Super Bowl, but they got lucky. If it just Jimmy G had completed one pass, you know, you could make that case. And then it was they just get beat again by Tom Brady again. It's like Brady's, you know, killing them, and it's it's like Mahomes is a guy. That for some reason, and we got to be honest with ourselves about this, he resonates with people in a way I don't fully understand. I, under, and, I and I'd like to hear what you think, because on one hand, I get why kids love him, right? The behind the back, that, you know, it's, it's kind of got that, you know, basketball guys like, my, you know, the kind of guys that, like Allen Iverson, like kids loved him because yeah. he did things that kids kind of wish as a superhero could do. And I could see Mahomes is like that, but the kids aren't betting, right? So do you have any sense of why, like what would the case be that Kansas City has a better chance to, f- for the public? Meaning I can see a nuanced case that, hey, KC had their O-line beat up. If it wasn't for that, maybe they beat Tampa. But for the average batter, how in the heck are more average bet in Kansas City to win the Super Bowl than Tampa? Does it make any sense to you?
1: I think my only guess would be because I think – Tampa Bay's got a, a better chance to go to the Super Bowl than Kansas City does. I mean, and I, I personally don't think it's close. I would, if you ask me, who I think is going to get back to a Super Bowl more likely, Tampa Bay or Kansas City? I would say Tampa Bay. But is that
0: I, about how good they are, or about the AFC versus the NFC? I
1: think it's AFC versus NFC, and and I just, for me, Kansas City. I, I don't. There, there were times last year. It wasn't just the Super Bowl. There were times last year where it was kind of like. Eh, I mean they're winning these games they but they went like eight
0: games in a row and didn't cover. Right? Yeah, or nine, it, yeah.
1: And so it's not like they were just dominant and blowing teams out and they were the twenty seventeen uh, or two thousand seven Patriots. I just I have serious questions about what they're going to look like next year. At some point, somebody's going to figure them out. I just wonder if that happened in the Super Bowl. And I wonder if the love for Kansas City is because there's a feeling that Patrick Mahomes, the distance between him and every other quarterback in the NFL is really, really significant. And I th- and I wonder if that's where they're, they're missing this with, with the, Kansas City, because I don't think it's that significant.
0: Let's even question that about the distance, because unequivocally, Aaron Rodgers had a better year last year, Yes, you could make the case that Deshaun Watson did, and a lot of people don't see that clearly, and you could also make the case that uh, um, uh, Josh Josh Allen Allen did in Buffalo. So, to me, if you're the fourth best quarterback potentially in a given year, it's hard to say there's that much... I mean, maybe with... And this is back to the old Nick Wright and this sense of, like, Mahomes is this next-level talent. And maybe he is. I don't know. But at some point, you'd have to see it on the field. Now, what we've seen is a really good, if not great, quarterback. We haven't seen one that's like taking the game to another place. And, and though he, there's certain plays he can do with his arm strength and mobility that is unique— but when you add it all up, 95% of the time he's doing what everyone else is doing, the question is, is he doing it better or not? And he's certainly, Mahomes, doing it in the top tier. But he didn't do it clearly better than at least three other quarterbacks last year. I don't understand it. Like, And and I totally get why Kansas City would be second. Like You could see them say that, yeah, even though you can maybe say this is bad and this is bad, but they got Mahomes, they got Hill— but the idea that this all-star team of Tampa, the dominated Kansas City in the Super Bowl, is coming back with everybody. And still it's like, nah, that's not who – and this is, again, Barney at the Bar is the guy who's the average better saying, you know, I think Kansas City's still and Tampa would be second for me. It really befuddles me. And if anyone has any sense of this, that why it's happening – I don't want to hear your rationale of why Kansas City's better – what I want to hear is why the average fan somehow thinks Kansas City has a better chance than Tampa. Tweet me at RJ in Vegas is the Twitter handle at RJ in Vegas, and if anything's good before the last during the last segment, we'll read it, Jonas. But let's talk about the odds themselves. I'm RJ We're straight out of Vegas, and right now, finally at the sharper books. They've converged. So right now, Kansas City is in the six to one range, and Tampa Bay is in the six to one range. And that's the first time that's been the case. That Kansas City has been the clear favorite pretty much the entire year at, or offseason. And now it's starting to inch towards them being even, Tampa and Kansas City. And still at the square shops, the sports books that take mostly square bets, recreational bettors, Kansas City is still favored and Tampa second. At the sharper books, the ones that take the big bets, it's pretty much tied now. So I find it to be fascinating that still in the square books, it's it's Kansas City over Tampa. Now, as we look towards the season, 17 games this year, and uh, Dan Orlovsky on Get Up was talking about uh bucks have a real shot of going 17 and 0. i guess he said 16 and 0. looks like in the quote but um if you actually look at the games they're favored in they're going to be clearly favored tampa in 16 of the 17 games um the two of the closer games is going to be at indianapolis they should be a clear favorite in that game um Mackenzie, there was one more. Uh, so the Rams game, I think they might not be favored. What was the other game? Oh, oh, the, at the Saints, you were saying, yeah, right? That's right. That's okay. right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Is at the Saints is still probably Tampa a, a, a favorite? The one game I question, and I'd be interested to hear, Jonas, what you think the line would be, Tampa at the Rams. Uh, I personally think the Rams might be a small favor. Yeah. Fezic said Tampa favored by one. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it. will I think it'll be close. I, I don't think it'll be uh, higher than one either side. Yeah, whether it's yeah. Tampa or or uh, or the Rams. Yeah, that one will be close.
0: And remember, the theory is there's going to be, if not max capacity, many many more fans this year. Yeah. So home field would mean more. But I tell you, it just is another example. If you have a team, Tampa, that won't be a clear underdog in any game, like you said, that Rams game is going to be tight probably, and we don't know about injuries, but the projection, then my, oh, my, the idea that Kansas City is better than them, it, again, it, it also seems crazy. So it, what odds would I need to give you, last question, on Tampa <laughs> to go undefeated?
1: Oh, man. 100-1? Um, 100 to one I, I, I... Okay, 100 to one, I would do Tampa to go on. I mean, but it's just, it's not happening. So uh,
0: five dollars you know. to win five hundred, I'll book it.
1: Uh, yeah, we could do five bucks.
0: All right, because <laughs> I'll just get a subway sandwich next time we're together. <laughs> Is and imagine if they go undefeated? I mean, I'm gonna have to pay them five hundred. I'm not sure that was a smart move. But Fedzik actually calculated the odds being 240 to one of going 17 and zero. So I'm like the bookie here. I get to lay 100 to, uh, 100 to win one or 500 to win five. Jonas feels happy because it's a jumbo payout, but the odds are on my side. That is why bookies make money because Jonas is right to think hey, it's five bucks, what's the difference? Right? You add it up. It doesn't really matter. But if I win, it's going to make me happy. Yes. Right? And, and that's what, especially taking it from me. Come on. It's like, well, it's like a lottery ticket almost. And that's why lotteries are the worst bets in the world. But people love them because, think, they keep half of the money. Then they tax you on the other half. So So it's like literally you get 25 cents on the dollar. But if it's a big enough amount, everyone's fine with it.
1: And one thing I was going to say, and you mentioned the Patrick Mahomes stuff, if we're going to be honest about Mahomes in the Super Bowl, he's played eight quarters in the Super Bowl, and he's been outplayed in seven of them.
0: I think you're right.
1: I mean Jimmy Garoppolo was outplaying him in the first Super Bowl and Tom Brady completely outplayed him in the in the second Super Bowl. So it's not like he shows up, as you pointed out, on these big stages and just turns and just continues to be a superstar. There's been some really dips in, in performance for him on those stages and for whatever reason those don't get talked about.
0: Now the other side of the equation could be oh, the line was so beat up, he actually played a good game. Like people, That's the dangerous thing about subjective spin, is if you don't know when you're doing it, you can spin yourself into infinity, and there's no rhyme or reason left. And, and I do think the, that Mahomes didn't play as badly as it seemed because of that O-line, but the idea that he played well... I don't agree with that either. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: You know what else Mr. Dan Byer does so well is he doesn't stay on the same news topics too long. Like when people read like 20 scores, you just start to hear white noise. He he changes enough. And he'll even double back sometimes, and it feels like it's the same thing, but he puts it out of order. Jones, you used to do the reads. Was that something, or the news, was that something you thought about that you didn't want too many of the same thing in a row?
1: Uh, yeah but I, I had to learn from Dan because yeah I I'm in, telling you yeah I came in doing updates a different way and I actually had to sit behind the scenes with him because I, I realized I didn't realize until I was around him how bad I
0: was where at did it. he learn all of this Dan I don't is, know. is Dan with us well RJ it's uh years and years of experience no but most people listen that's the funny thing Dan most people once they do something years and years just keep their bad habits right I they will don't. give
1: credit to my first uh sports director boss in Madison Wisconsin Brian Posick. I'm gonna say his name he's he the foundation on how to do a sports update, and I've tried to take whatever he said. Well, I tell and carry you, I'm gonna affi-
0: it's a it's a lost art, and I think that you're the best in the bid. I, I like all Thank you very I, much. I really do, but very good at it. all right. So, finally, if I forget his name, I think it's enough now, Jonas. Don't you think like when I forget to announce <laughs> him? But anyway, <laughs> genuinely, it's great stuff. When we come back, hopefully we'll keep the greatness going. we got some key NBA games tonight. Anthony Davis back. How much did he affect the line? What's the current line against Luka? And we've got those Phoenix Suns. You want to hear something funny, Jonas? I thought I had 500 on him to win 6,000. I actually have a 1,000 to win 12,000. So now I'm doubly interested. Are they going to win against in the Pacific over the Clippers? We got them at 12 to 1. So do a lot of the listeners. We'll give you an update on the odds on that bet.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., if people listened to this show and they did the right thing, they would have known that you gave out the Phoenix Suns to win the Pacific Division weeks ago. And right now the Suns are in the midst of a five-game East Coast road trip. They are already 2-0 and with another win coming last night at Philadelphia, 116-113 the final.
0: And remember, we gave it out 12 to 1 odds on this baby. Now, the question is, are we going to hedge? And we've been debating it. I'm not a hedging guy, right? So hedging is you bet one way and then you bet the other way to lock in a profit. The thing about hedging is if that second bet's not a good bet by itself, you're giving some of your profit effectively back because you're making a bad bet. And the bookies love that. They want you to do that. I don't like to do what the bookies like, but we may, may do some hedging, but we'll keep you updated. Stay tuned. Now looking at that game last night, it was a battle. I mean, uh, Philadelphia had a number of players out and, and one takeaway I think that we got to get straight right now is in this year in which there's so many players sitting and it's weird because it doesn't even, it's one thing to be injured but they're resting sometimes in games that really are the biggest games. It's almost like they're trying to avoid the tough games, which I hate that as a fan. But when one of the key players does play one of the games that others are resting, the key player tends to play extra hard. Remember, a couple days ago, Jonas, it was Brooklyn was at New Orleans, and they were Brooklyn was plus three. And I said, Kyrie's just going to show how good he is. Kyrie went over the point total. Brooklyn ended up winning. Last night, we were taping a podcast, and we saw Embiid was playing, but the other key guys for Philly wasn't. I said, well, what's Embiid's over-under? I thought it would be like 36. It was like 30 and a half. I go, oh, over. Because if Embiid's playing, he's going to play. He's going right. to show how And he he ended up putting up, you know, what, 38 or whatever. Yeah. And what's fascinating, though, is Chris Paul. You're starting to hear talk about Chris Paul. Should he win the or be part of the MVP conversation? McKenzie in research he really identified something that I think is important here and if you look at the stat line McKenzie last uh, of the uh, game last night is a great example of your theory
1: exactly right we talk about Embiid MVP favorite he scored
0: 38 last night
1: well he's the second
0: favorite behind Jokic but yes yeah and Chris
1: Paul had a great game too, 28 points. But if you look dig deeper into the numbers, it's about the mistakes you don't make. Chris Paul zero turnovers, Joel Embiid eight turnovers. That was the difference in the
0: game. We were talking about Brady earlier. It's about the mistakes you don't make all all the time, besides yeah. these games. Yeah, and I think he's right. Is we talked about this recently, as you recall, Jonas is Brady. It's for him. It's the mistakes you don't make is when the stakes are high and you know, the higher the stakes, the worse mistakes. Oh, that's interesting. So (laughs) I never heard that, but that's pretty good is. So in general, I think the Suns are a story and everyone wants to dismiss them and maybe so for the playoffs, but what a year. And tonight though, we got a game with the Lakers that uh, is more important than usual.
1: Yeah, and it's the Lakers with the return of Anthony Davis coming up later on tonight. It's the second half of the doubleheader on TNT Lakers at the Mavs right now. Dallas is a three-point favorite on pregame.com.
0: Yeah, so how much is Anthony Davis worth? About four points per game if he's healthy and if he's going to play the whole game or – a normal amount of minutes. And what we're seeing here is that they're not even putting up. They're not even putting up anywhere a over-under... On points for Anthony Davis because there's so much uncertainty about how many minutes he's going to play. So, one warning I would give you is as you're adjusting for Anthony Davis being on the Lakers, watch his minutes. And until he gets back to normal minutes, you've got to only take a fraction of whatever he's worth. Maybe it's 80% or 70% if he's only going to play 80 or 70% of the minutes. Tonight, there's so much uncertainty about the number of minutes from Anthony Davis, the better the bookies don't even have have up and over under in points so be careful with your assumptions in this game
1: If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com, including a look as to why Tom Brady is really upset with the NFL. We are straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!